0: Armchair um,
1: chair. There's something, I'll say there's something kind of yeah, about a kid that's never played baseball
2: <laughs> We have been hoodwinked, bamboozled, and flat out deceived
0: Why did you get so drunk?
2: You got drunk <laughs> I'm just really exhausted What's in that cup? I'm a cokes Do you have any idea how important you, you are Try to the save idea. the pump? Really, this is, you idea. this is what you're
0: doing? Chief, what do you want to do tonight?
2: the same thing we do every night try to take over the world 106 miles to chicago we got a full tank of gas half a pack of cigarettes it's dark and we're wearing sunglasses
0: hit it I'm uh, YouTube Live. radio
2: station the radio station you can call your own listeners like
3: about our
0: station? I like everything. It's always on my radio. We never stop the music,
3: except for now, when I talk. Listening to Braves Country with Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks. We're here live weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern to 5 p.m. Eastern, WQEE 99.1 FM, The Key, and simulcasting on YouTube.com forward slash at Braves Country, your first choice for Southern sports. Good afternoon. I'm Mac McGee, and I don't know much, but I know one thing. Justin's missing. <laughs> We're going to see if we can find him. Keep it locked in here on the key in Braves Country HD.
0: Armchair.
3: Community access channel. He's the armchair quarterback. He's full of beer and he's full of snacks. Hey, howdy, hi, and how the hell are you? Welcome to the Armchair Quarterback Radio's Braves Country on WQEE and Braves Country HD, wherever you may stream. A little bit of communication error. We'll we'll get it figured out. Uh, I got a new phone today, and I'm sure that's probably about the time that Justin tried to send me a text. So anyways, long story short, We'll get things figured out here. We got a big show today. Joey's on the way. He'll be here at four o'clock. It is a huge day in the world of sports. You got a big, really big NBA game tonight. The Boston Celtics are going to travel. I'm sorry, they're going to be at home as the Golden State Warriors travel to Boston, and of course, this is the first time they will have been back since they won the championship against the Celtics. So there's a lot of stuff going on there. Joey and I are planning on getting to that the second hour. Outside of that, you're talking about a lot of big stuff going on in the world of the NFL. One of the things that, that I thought would be fun to talk about today is which of the underdogs? Not underdogs in your mind, but underdogs on the line. So right now you got Kansas City, a nine point favorite. So it's gone back up again. I told you it would. It's gone back up again. Kansas City minus nine. The New York Giants plus seven and a half. Cincinnati Bengals plus five and a half. And the Dallas Cowboys plus three and a half. Now all four. Of your underdogs happen to be road teams. That's not always the case, but it's usually pretty consistent when we are talking about the National Football League and the playoffs, especially in this round. Now, if you're wondering what the money lines are, Dallas has the smallest, which is a plus one sixty-five. Cincinnati Bengals, the next. Smallest of the money lines. They are sitting at plus 210, Giants plus 285, and the Jacksonville Jaguars would be the big upset, which would be a plus 360. I thought about this for a while today, and I do believe that the team with the best chance to pull off the upset is not the one with the smallest odds. I really do not believe that it's the Dallas Cowboys. Now, any four of these teams, any four of these underdogs could pull off the upset. Sure. Any given Sunday, we know that you you get the right matchup. And plus, if you're able to exploit things and do the adjustments at the half and not turn the ball over, you can pull off the upset on the road. Happens all the time. But the team that I feel like has the best opportunity to pull off the upset is also one of the teams I have the least faith in. And that's the Cincinnati Bengals. And the reason why I say that is Cincinnati looked awful last Sunday night, but going into that game and and look, they've, they got just another, just unbelievable amount of injuries on the offensive line, unbelievable injuries on the offensive line. And Buffalo's defense will be good enough. I think to probably, win the game, but Cincinnati could has a puncher's chance and Cincinnati's got Joe Burrow and they've got what I think is probably the the best wide receiver core in all the NFL. When you look top to bottom, their defense played pretty well last week, had the big fumble return, obviously, but it was against a really bad offense. So if I'm ranking this and I think, Cincinnati's got the best. Who has the worst chance of the upset? It's most likely the Jacksonville Jaguars, right? They're coming in, they're a nine point underdog plus 360 on the win line. But I do believe there's an opportunity for Jacksonville to pull off that upset, and it's not so much Jacksonville being that good. I think Jackson's got a lot of flaws, but if you if you listen to all the pundits and all of the the writers across America and the local writers for Kansas City, there has been almost a level of I won't even call it disrespect, but there's an assumption that they're moving on to the next round and they're wanting to know are they going to be at home or did they have to go to Atlanta to face the Bills because. In case for some reason you missed that, the Bills-Chiefs, that's the only combination that would happen. Bills-Chiefs would be played in Atlanta. And it seems like there's more of a focus on that than there is about who is going to win the game. And I get why. Look, Kansas City easily took care of Jacksonville earlier in the year. But Jacksonville in the second half of that game really looked like a much more formidable opponent, not to mention, and we can put this aside obviously because it's so long ago, but they're playing much better football right now in Duval than they were when they went out to Kansas city uh, last time. Because the first half of the year. Jacksonville really didn't hit their stride till about six weeks ago. But if I'm ranking top to bottom on who's got the best chance, I think it's Bengals. And then I think it's the Giants. I know they're the seven and a half, and Dallas is the three and a half. But I just look, San Francisco's playing that good of football. Now, the antagonist would say, and it's a fair point the Dallas Cowboys are going up against not only a rookie quarterback, a rookie seventh round quarterback who didn't start playing until just a little over a month ago. So all those things set up for a Dallas upset. But I think that's the one that would shock me the most of an upset would be Dallas dropping the ball. And I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Dallas overcoming the The 49ers and Brock Purdy dropping the ball literally and figuratively and not getting to the NFC championship game. Now, if you want to tell me next week, if Philadelphia beats New York, that Jalen Hurts and company have a, have a sizable advantage against the 49ers at home in Philly, I get that. That is a very fair point. But right now, if I'm ranking it one through four, who's got the best chance of pulling off the upset? It's the, it's the Bengals. Then I think it's the giants and then give me the Jaguars and the, and then the Cowboys. And I know that's a weird ranking system because the Cowboys would beat the Jaguars and most likely beat the giants. But I'm looking at their opponent. I'm looking at the situation. That Dallas 49ers game is a 6-30 game. It is the game of the week. It's going to get enormous ratings. So will the Bengals' bills at 3 o'clock. This this coming Sunday is going to feel like what the AFC-NFC championship game feels like. You get started at 3. Your second game gets off at 6-30. It's the mirror image of what happens a week from Sunday. But when you look at those situation and the fact that the Cowboys are coming off such a short week and there might be a little bit of a take that America, we beat Brady. So they could be coming in, not necessarily overconfident going in the 49ers, but look, you, everyone's got the, uh, got the, uh, we'll just say it. Everybody can get full of themselves when they have a little success. What's the old saying? Good is the enemy of great. The Dallas Cowboys looked good last, last Monday, but they haven't looked great. And you'll see if they'll push through. And I do believe that that San Francisco 49er front seven, is going to be very difficult for the, for the Cowboys to maneuver through. So it's all going to land on Dak Prescott. He has been an interception machine. Conversely, when you look on the other side of the, of the, of the sideline with Brock Purdy, Brock Purdy is not going to be asked to do a whole lot because they are running the ball so well. And the short passes and Shanahan has perfected the art of just get the ball in my playmaker's hands from short yarded situations away, and then create the yak, right? The old fashioned yak, the yard after the catch. When you got Debo Samuel, and you've got Christian McCaffrey, I mean, run run CMC. They're, they're eleven and zero. They're eleven and zero since Run CMC showed up there. Debo's healthy. Brandon Ayuk, he's no slash. Juwan Jennings can stretch the field. And George Kittle. And then when you look at the stable of running backs that they have, this is a dangerous, dangerous offense. And they don't have to be elite and perfect. Brock Purdy doesn't have to go out there and look like what most people are comparing him to, a young Tom Brady. He just has to make sure he doesn't look like a young Trey Lance, and the 49ers will march on past the Cowboys. When I look at Bengals and Bills, what I really look like? Look at, to be honest with you, the crowd is going to be a big factor. The emotion is going to be a big factor. But I don't think that kind of stuff really affects Joe Cool. Joe Burrow, whether you're a fan of his or not, whether you're a Bengals fan or not, you have to respect the fact how good they are. And you have to respect the fact that they went into enemy territory last year. They remember they 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 beat Nashville. They won in Nashville. Diffic- difficult circumstances. They go into Kansas City after getting down big. Remember? Remember how dumb that, how dumb of a play call that was by Andy Reid and company to go for it on fourth down at the end of the first half that would have essentially put the game out of reach. Instead, they got stopped at the goal line. The Bengals, though I do think the line's about appropriate at five and a half, If I got to take one or the other, I'm still swinging with Joe cool because Josh Allen, the way he swings that ball when he's running and look, he's incredibly talented, but you see him swing it like a loaf of bread. And Patrick Mahomes does it too. And there's going to be an opportunity for turnovers. There always is with those two guys. Now they usually make up for it big time but there's an opportunity for a turnover and Josh Allen's going to be coming hard at Patrick Mahomes, DeMarcus Walker and then when you look at the other side of it the Bengals all they need is one or two turnovers which the Bills love to do and we could have ourselves one heck of a of of an upset we we could have ourselves an upset city in the AFC We're going to take a really short break. When we come back, I believe, uh, we sit, I saw Justin, uh, trying to come in. So we will get him on and, uh, be back in just a flash here on WQEE, the key and Braves country HD.
0: Whenever I bring home Entenmann's Little Bites Muffins... Little Bites? That's right, sweetie. Can you just give Mommy a minute? I love Little Bites! I know you do, but we're doing a commercial right now, okay? Got it. As I was saying, whenever I bring home you-know-what, you-know-who gets pretty excited. And so do I. Little Bites Muffins are made with real ingredients, no high-fructose corn syrup, and are baked moist and delicious. I love Little Bites! There you go.
2: Yes! Entenmann's Little Bites Muffins... The perfect portion of happiness.
3: Hey, Braves fans, thank you for listening to Braves Country Baseball. Hi, I'm Mac McGee, and we are here to bring you play by play, pitch by pitch, of your Atlanta Braves, bringing you spring training and two to three games a week all season long. Please like and subscribe today. Braves Country Baseball.
2: How to improve your dining room by The Home Depot. New wood floors, new paint on the walls. Sure, you know us for that. But how about a new dining room table? Matching chairs, bar stools? How about free and flexible delivery with easy online returns? Now you can explore decor in a whole new way. Save now on furniture. Everything for your home. Everything from HomeDepot.com. How doers get more done. U.S. only valid for September 7th. Limitations apply. Your true friends are the people in your life that totally get your inside jokes, your unique style, most important, what you want to eat. Taco Bell knows that when you get together with your real friends, it doesn't matter what you're doing, but, hey, it might as well be something that everybody can get into, like the Taco and Burrito Cravings Pack with four crunchy tacos and four beefy five-layer burritos. So even if you're all sitting around doing absolutely nothing, you know you'll still have a good time. It's Taco Bell's Taco and Burrito Cravings Pack. Get it for the friends that get it.
3: You're listening to Brave's Country. Weekdays, 3 to 5 p.m., 99.1 FM, The Key. You're five feet nothing, a hundred and nothing, and you got hardly a speck of athletic ability. And you hung in with the best college football team in the land for two years. And you're also going to walk out of here with a degree from the University of Notre Dame. In this lifetime, you don't have to prove nothing to nobody except yourself. And after what you've gone through, if you haven't done that by now, It ain't going to never happen. Welcome back to Braves Country. Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks. Weekdays, 3 to 5 p.m. Drive Time on WQEE. Welcome back. We got Mr. Justin. There's a communication error. At biggest error was... I didn't have a phone. I'm going to guess Justin that you probably texted me what you texted me around midday.
1: Yes, yep. absolutely.
3: My phone was, uh, you know, doing the pairing thing in the AT&T store for, I don't know how long it was, but I, fe- I feel like we were in there for an hour. And I guess I'd never, I guess whatever I, I, that might've been sent to me at that time, never, you know, you would think the next time that you get around Wi-Fi or whatever, that you would get, you know, whatever text you missed, but. I guess that's not how things work.
1: Well, my apologies, and I should have noticed when uh, they color code them things for a reason. I guess us out of touch, non on top of tech people don't uh, realize that. So, my bad. Should have caught that. Should, but uh, hey, we're here.
3: And Jen, I probably should have also sent you all the text that hey, if you need, but I didn't. I first of all, I didn't realize it was going to take as long as it did the last time I. Well, this tells you how long it's been. Last time I went into an AT and T store to do something on my phone, they just snapped a SIM card in there. <laughs> the iPod came out. <laughs> Hold on, let me get you that rotary dial going on. Um, I talked about it quite a bit in the first uh, in the first segment, but just real quick, who do you think has the best chance? The best underdog. Excuse me, the underdog. This weekend, on the point spreads, who, who has the best chance to walk in and get a W in, uh, where, you know, wherever? Are they going Kansas City, Philly, Buffalo, or San Fran?
1: I'm going to go Buffalo just because I think that's the best opportunity uh, with a full roster. But uh, it was in between them and the Giants. Uh, I really think it's between those two. Um, the Giants uh, – Got one earlier this year. I I don't know that they're going to take it to the Eagles fully healthy. Um, And I think the Eagles have been preparing for this day. They kind of set themselves up for this in a fully healthy roster. Uh, I think the Eagles are going to fly, unfortunately. I'm not pulling for them, but I think that that's where it goes. And I'm going to lean the Buffaloes. If you want to call them the underdog, I guess they technically are.
3: Yeah, the um, who? Well, the Bengals are the underdog to Buffalo. They're five and a half. So that's so that's who I've got is is the best chance for the is the upset. I, the Niners, Cowboys is the smallest line. Cowboys are three and a half. I still feel like the team that has the best chance to go in. I'm saying that the, 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 I feel like any of those teams can can pull off an upset in nowadays. Um, but I feel like that the team with the best chance is the the Bengals. I honestly think the team with the worst chance is Dallas, even though they've got the shortest spread, because I just think that's how good San Fran is
1: think Sam, friends, that good. I think I'd take a remarkable performance by Prescott. The only concern with the Bengals is uh, with Williams being out and some of the holes in that offensive line. What do you do with the front line of the Buffalo Bills, and can they respond to that? Uh, I, th- I think next man up, uh, they've got the depth. I think it'll be good. But uh, I guess since I picked uh, Buffalo and they're not truly the underdog and I looked at it backwards, that defaults me to my original pick, which I will ride with the uh, New York Giants since I can't pick Buffalo.
3: You're saying that the New York Giants... If I'm going
1: to pick an underdog to to go in and get the upset, I think the Giants probably have the better chance. So if I'm looking, I don't think the Jaguars do it in KC, especially with the weather. Uh, as I looked at it this afternoon, looks like they predict snow. Now that could change between now and actual kickoff, but uh, that's going to provide some problems. And I don't know if you come back from 27 down against... Kansas City. I don't think they ever let you have your uh, get back in that game. They don't take their foot off the accelerator. So, um, no,
3: and I, now I definitely agree with that. You can't get behind Mahomes like you got behind Brandon Staley. I mean, let's call it like we say it. Brandon Staley is the reason why they lost that game, even though they're, they're putting the blame on, on the coordinators. It's just like Todd Bowles goes out and fires, uh, Byron Leftwich, And I, I'm sure there was pressure for him to do it. I'm not putting that all on Bowles. But let's be honest. Byron Leftwich was the offensive coordinator last year and the year they won the Super Bowl. That's not the common denominator that changed. What changed was Todd Bowles became the head coach.
1: What changed was Tom Brady lost Giselle and his superpowers, if I'm just being
3: honest. I mean <laughs> <laughs> that's,
1: it is what it is. I mean, it's a setback.
3: I just, you know, when I when I saw that about Byron Leftwich, and I'm not saying he shouldn't be fired, but it should be followed with the announcement of Byron Leftwich has has been fired along with the entire staff of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Not, not you know, hey, by the way, Byron, it's all your fault. I
1: I believe it's all his fault. That I believe just as much that it was all his fault that they won the Super Bowl, and nobody in their right mind believes that Tom Brady calls what Tom Brady wants to call when he's on the field, he's the field general. Um, and you, you've seen it multiple times over the year. I don't think you can plank that blame, but, uh, we see it happen year in and year out throughout the league. Somebody has got to be the fall guy.
3: Yeah. And and the thing about Brady is look, that offensive line was a mess and look, He's never been mobile, but he's 45 years old. Now, if you're going to build a team around Brady, it's got to start with the offensive line. It just has to. Like, you can't cut corners there. And they lost a couple in the offseason, and then they had the injuries. I think they thought they could piece it together, but then the injuries hit them up, and they never hit their stride. Um, looking at the the uh, quarterback carousel in the offseason, though Brady's probably – I would be shocked if he stays in Tampa. And we we hit on this yesterday. Of course, Doug, being a big Raider fan, believes he's heading to Las Vegas. That's where I think he's going. Not that he wants to be like a magically wants to become a a Raider. I think it's because he wants to be out West. He's from California. The only thing that that would change for me is if Giselle and the kids are, are down there right now. They're currently living in Miami. And the Dolphins say we want to make a run with Brady and the weapons we have, and we'll trade Tua and whatever we have to trade away. Because that's that's only the landing spot I see. He's not going back to New England. I just don't think it. I mean, I mean, honestly, he he, he would inherit a worse team if he went back to New England.
1: True. I mean, Oakland is where, or Vegas, excuse me, uh, is where uh, I have as a potential land of spots where I think it makes most sense. It's where he would wind up, but uh, yeah, I can see your strange bid from Miami. Now that would be,
3: can you imagine? Wow. Cause look, he's still, he still has a pistol. It's, it's not like he's out there throwing, throwing up rainbows, right? He's got an absolute rifle. If he has Hill and Waddle, and I believe Gusecki is someone they could still uh, keep. Uh, They don't even care about the the running back situation is what what he always had in New England. Like I don't know, this week we'll go with this guy. Their defense wasn't that bad. You go out and you if if they could make a a move to get Brady, which he's a free agent, you don't have to give up point uh, picks. If they could bring Brady in. You could take all your picks and go after defense. And there's got to be an offensive lineman or two that'll come follow him down there.
1: I'd say there's quite a few, and he's got a waiting list of guys that are looking to come block for him. I would say that uh, that would be the least of their worries is recruiting some linemen to show up in free agency. I would be willing to bet he's pretty good at that.
3: Well, and plus all he's got to say is South Beach, baby. Let's go. <laughs> South Beach. And uh, my ex-wife has some friends that she wants you to meet. <laughs> that's all he's got to be. Man, every day going down there. Me and you might even go try and get in shape.
1: <laughs> I mean, I'm in shape. It's round. But yeah. uh, that's still a shape last time I checked. So I, I checked the box of being in shape.
3: That's that's what I told my wife all the time. I, I said, you know, pear's a shape. I'm fine. Uh <laughs> But, um, all right, other, other things going around the MLB rule change that's going to make the biggest impact this year. And real quick for the audience that, that's not familiar with it, we touched on it a little bit yesterday. But you're going to get a 15-second pitch clock with runners off, 20 seconds with runners on base. You're going to get the shift is now outlawed to the point where two – Defensive players on each side of the second base bag, and they cannot flip-flop. So in other words, you can't have, uh, you know, you couldn't have Ozzie Albies flipping back and forth between the right side and the left side of the infield, depending on the batter. If you're a second baseman, that's where you have to play. The only th- the only way that can change is a defensive uh, substitution. And then the bases are going from 15 inches to 18 inches which is just 3 inches more around that is that that is a bigger deal than i think a lot of folks realize but of all but of all those isn't think-
1: there a limit on throwovers with the new pitch count as well that's pretty uh, wide. there's a limit on pickoff throws uh, as well this season that uh, i think Goes hand in hand with the pitch clock. That could be an interesting twist there. I don't have all the specifics of it, but I know they've limited to the amount uh, that you can throw over without penalty. Now, can't remember what the penalty is off oh, top of my head, but I, d- I know that there's a caveat for uh, too many throwovers.
3: Yeah. Now, I they've they've been experimenting with that in the minor leagues. I don't believe that that's actually been approved, but it, but it has been talked about. So. The way things are set up, I do think that they have some leeway. They, they could call an audible in the spring and say, by the way, um, if they don't. Look, I said this yesterday. The, the first part of the season is going to be really interesting and really confusing. And we'll see how many times a guy looks up the clock and goes, it's 12. I've already spent 12 seconds of my 15. I better or or sorry, 17 of my 20. I better go ahead and toss one over there to first base. But how? here's what I'm waiting for. I think it happens the first day, first couple of days. The guy that realizes he's got to throw quickly, and he, either he starts his windup or he decides to make a quick pickoff there to reset the clock, and he gets balk. And it costs you runs, it costs you bases, probably costs you games. That's. I think that's the part that's going to be interesting. I know they're going to try to get everyone accustomed to it in the spring, but it it really isn't the same.
1: I'm in between the pitch clock and the bases. Um, I think the shift will provide uh, a lot more exciting baseball. I, I think we're going to see uh, some holes get through the gap. We're going to see a little bit more offense. But I think the, the base increase is uh, – Something underestimated. I think we'll see some more stolen bases. I think it's going to favor in the side of the runner. Um, you just have a shorter distance. Yeah, it's not far, but look how many bang bang plays we have that go to review at second on a throw. And if you make that distance six inches shorter, a lot of those plays are safe. Or three, if they decide to shift it across the the line to give the better uh, or the runner a a uh, a cushion to, you know, uh, the original point to avoid contact and collisions and tripping of the legs, but you're still going to have a three inch difference uh, because second base is going to be stretched towards both lines. So even if they go something like they do at the collegiate where they put the double bags and they're not going to do that, but if it hangs over the foul line for the runner to actually have a corner and you don't do distance, it's three instead of six inches. Either way, it still benefits the runner as a shorter distance.
3: You know, the other thing with that, and, they, and I'll be honest with you, I think this had a lot to do with the Atlanta Braves offseason. I think having an elite catcher with the elite pop time that they keep talking about with Sean Murphy, I think that is going to become invaluable because the teams that don't have it, which was the Braves last year, and you de- you decrease the base paths on both sides. Cause yeah, it's three inches in circumference. So you're probably going to get about one inch on each side of the bag. Right. But that means two inches total all the way from, you know, first to second or second to third. I think the pop time is going to be incredibly important. Plus, you know, how accurate Sean Murphy is from, from going home to first, I was, excuse me, home to second. I think it's gonna be a bigger deal than than people realize. And I also believe that th- that the the pitchers are gonna to have to get a lot m- more pitchers are gonna to have to be, I don't know if the right term is elite, but they've got to get a lot better at their pickoff moves. Cause there's some pitchers out there. I mean, they might as well just be sending you a text message. Hey man, I'm about to toss it over there. You might want to lean back a little bit. And then there's other guys like uh Max Fried that you know, he he looks like he's winding up to, to, to head to to first, and he just zips one in over there. I, I, excuse me. He's winding up to head towards home, and he just zips one in over at first.
1: Is that the way you go as well? Is that the biggest change you see is going to be the base pass, or are you going with the clock?
3: Uh, early on, I think it will be the clock, because I think you're going to get some really ticked off. You, you know why I can't wait to melt down? Because I think I mean, this is my prediction. Justin Verlander is going to have a hissy fit. In the in New York, in, in like one of his first starts,
1: catchers are put in a tough spot, and they better call a great crisp game because they're going to hang their pitchers out if, uh, they're not on the same page. And then you still have the mound visit rule. Like this could get very interesting in the, uh, you know, we always say that litmus test is the start of the season to Memorial day. And you really don't know what you have as a team and you can't evaluate until that Memorial day break. But I think we're going to see a lot of mistakes and I think it's going to be entertaining as a fan to see, um, I originally thought the shift. If you would have asked me this question in the end of last baseball season, I said the shift's going to be the greatest difference maker in this season of the rule changes. But I think it's the time and the bases, and I'm equally split amongst them. I, for they almost go hand in hand. I think it benefits the base runner uh, with these rule changes, but um, I, I think both of them will be the key that we're going to see the biggest mistakes with. I, I don't think the shift will be it. Um, I just think it's going to open up more offense. Now, for think, for any,
3: I think the shift is going to be less noticeable. But at the, by the end of the season, you'll be able to go back and go. Man, batting averages are up. Man, like yeah. I think the I, honestly of all of them, I think the shift is the best rule they came up with. The only yes. rule because I wanted to see more movement. I wanted to see some hit and runs. I wanted to see you know the ball put in play and not strikeouts and home runs. That's not what baseball is about oh, well, and you're going to see
1: rangy short stops be relevant again.
3: Hey, you know who else becomes relevant again is Billy Hamilton. Someone's going to try to sign that dude. Make sure, make sure they lock him up.
1: Uh, I, I'm just, I'm yeah, excited sir. about it all the way around.
3: Back is a pinch runner, man. You never know. <laughs> He's not doing anything in springtime. <laughs> True. <laughs> uh, Maverick has a question here, Justin. Um, what do you think the odds for Braves to make the playoffs and also – Georgia to repeat as college football champions. Well, we gave the, the, the odds for the, for the Bulldogs three to one. I just think it's going to be very difficult to win back to back to back. But if anyone can do it, it's, it's Kirby smarts team. Um, There's just so many factors have to go in. Not only do you have to stay healthy and and get some breaks along the way, but you got to hope that a team in the mix doesn't get luckier or healthier than you, and they are going to go through a couple of things. You know, they are losing some guys, but, but they're right now at the situation in Alabama is in. It doesn't matter who they lost. You know, they're just churning in good athletes, but I think there's two big factors that could stop Georgia from winning their third title in a row. I, Tennessee
1: I like hearing that. Say some more.
3: And the Alabama Crimson Tide. Because if you think Nick Saban liked watching Kirby Smart, quote unquote, cut down the nets, right? While he, well, remember he was there broadcasting went for the game. That is going to absolutely fire them up. And I haven't had a chance to look at all the different schedules and how they balance out, and whatnot. So I don't know what what Georgia's out of conference compared to Alabama's compared to ten, you know. That's something that we get into the weeds of after the after the football season. But
1: what say you? I think it's going to come down to quarterback play. Um, can you duplicate the performance of what you've had out of Bennett the last two seasons? Um, that is very difficult to do. In yeah, SEC he's only football.
3: got like four or five more seasons left, right? Yeah, yeah.
1: It's like Driscoll Jr. Uh, just keeps First playing. Wingy, this- yeah. So man, can you, can you retain that level three years in a row? That's, that's going to be interesting. Um, and then when does the next level start factoring on your QB play and you start looking ahead, but I think it's difficult to three um, To the Braves' side of it, yeah, I think the playoffs are are a possibility. I think they will have a shot to win the division. Um, They're going to be in the mix. Uh, Either way, I think they get a wild card. Um, Hopefully, it's the division win, but uh, I definitely have the Braves or I anticipate them uh, making the postseason.
3: Well, so for folks that missed the uh, sports flash at the top of the hour, ESPN's got them ranked number two in MLB uh, power rankings. They've got the Astros, and then the, then it's the Braves, and that shocked me because it's ESPN, and typically they will will go headstrong for the you know, you know for the teams in in their areas, mainly the the Northeast and Los Angeles. So I'm really surprised it wasn't the Dodgers, and that the, the Mets weren't above us, and that the you know the Yankee, you know the, all the usual suspects. So I was pleasantly surprised to see that, but you know. Heavy is heavy is the head that wears the crown, so we don't have the leaders that we've had before, and that's that's the only thing. We've got the talent. I'm worried about the leadership over 162 game season.
1: You missing Freddie yet?
3: It's not just Freddie, it's <laughs> the combination of Freddie and Dansby. and I do like the, the direction we've gone long-term, but you know, you get a little greedy once you win that first world series in a long time. And you kind of want to, you wanted to see him keep the band together, right. And go for two or three, and then just say, you know, maybe we have to rebuild after that, but we, we could have had a dynasty. And this is a pivotal part of their, uh, of the, of the Atlanta Braves saga, because, if they kind of have a dud this year, you know, if they make the playoffs and do another early round exit, then you're going to start hearing all the old 1990s complaining. Oh, well, you can't, you can only win one. You can't win. Which I never complained about that. I was like, dude, we, at least we won one.
1: Yeah. We didn't go
3: over. Um, it... We didn't go over 108 years like the Cubs. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the Indians are guardians now. They haven't won one since the, what was it? Is it 48 or 54? For some reason, I, I can never get it. Anyways, it. has been it's been since before Kennedy was shot. It's been before Color TV that they have not won a World Series.
1: I think the arms have to get healthy. It doesn't look as if we're going to have a huge offseason acquisition or push. Uh, we've kind of discussed where you're limited on some of your roster space. Uh, we got some some leeches that are just eating payroll and you need them uh, to move on, but you should have a healthy starting rotation. If you can keep them all season long and uh, not max them out and have them ready for your run, then yeah, I think you, you've got a legit shot. You top to bottom are stacked in your offense and have multiple options to be able to plug and play and stack your lineup to where you can almost, protect your roster to make it almost impossible to pitch around. And that hasn't been the case in the past. There's always been a whole top or bottom. We've talked about it multiple times, how we would move things around to be able to circle back to the top of the lineup. But now you truly have, I think a purely flexible top to bottom that uh, it's going to be very hard for opposing pitchers to find a weakness in that lineup and uh, exploit.
3: All right, we got to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to hit you with the locks, and uh, we're going to ask Justin who he's who he's a fake fan of going into the weekend. We'll be back in a flash here on Braves Country HD. If you're making sandwiches, always leave the knife hanging over the sink in case you want one later. Be a man. <laughs> I'm seven and zero
2: oh this season. You auto drafted. That's what all the great GMs do. They delegate. You didn't do anything. Yeah, I did. I set the queue. Without fantasy football, what would friends talk about?
3: I almost wore shorts
1: today. Oh, it's gonna do a sweatshirt shorts combo. Hmm. Switched to pants instead.
0: Armchair. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Hey sports fans, The Key has a brand new show. Braves Country is coming your way weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern to 5 p.m. Eastern. Drive time on WQEE. Braves Country is a southern sports talk show with Mac McGee and the armchair quarterbacks. We'll be talking the Atlanta Braves and Major League Baseball, along with everything important to sports fans in Braves Country. The SEC, ACC, Big Ten, and the National Football League and the big sports news of the day. That's Braves Country with Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks. Weekdays, 3 p.m. to 5 p.m., right here on WQEE, The Key, 99.1 FM, and simulcasting on YouTube.com forward slash at Braves Country.
2: Make contact. A collective psychosis is sweeping the nation. We're in the thick of the haze craze, and a lesion is introducing an altered state of IPA. Contact Haze is a tangled chemistry of mild haze, low bitterness, and an explosion of hop aroma. This hazy IPA bursts with notes of bright raspberry, currant, citrus, guava, and passion fruit. Available in six-pack cans and stores. Make contact.
3: Welcome back to Braves Country, Mac McGinn, the Armchair Quarterbacks, weekdays, three to five p.m. Drive time on WQEE. As you know, Monty Vaughn's been working on a couple of new pitches: the Eliminator and the Humiliator to complement his fastball,
1: the Terminator. I heard that. Dynamite drop-in, Monty. That broadcast
2: school has really paid off.
3: Welcome back. You heard your ears burning, Justin. But uh, our, show, our show's been randomly mentioned nationally. Uh, some funny stuff. But I'll, I'll get more into it on Saturday. show it's kind of a long story. But, uh,
0: I'll see if I can
3: send you the clip on it. Uh, but uh, we have started a, or we haven't started, Uber and Geo started a GoFundMe um, for uh, Eddie. And uh, we have cut the, the commercials for it and we'll continue to play them. And uh, I'll put the information up in our, uh, in, our, in our mentions here in a bit. But basically, Eddie's needing uh, some financial help and he's given people a lot of really good picks. So uh, I'll fill you in on all that stuff, Justin. Um, let's go ahead and get into our locks. Well, before we do that, so we did this on uh, Saturday's playoff show. And what we did was we went around. It's kind of fun. And we knew that our teams weren't in it. So we decided, well, what's the best uh, way to do this? You're going forward. You're going to watch these games. Who are, who are you a fake fan of? And I'm trying to think of who I ended. I know I ended up with San Francisco. What we did, we did a snaking draft. And I know I ended up with San Francisco. I think I ended up with all NFC teams. I wanted the Giants, but they weren't available. And I wanted the Jaguars, and they got taken really, really early. But I'm curious to see who who is your fake fan fandom going forward in in these uh, NFC and AFC playoffs
1: selfishly, I've got to take the Jaguars. Um, obviously being a Titans fan, uh, the farther I can separate my number 11, my team's number 11 draft pick and get the Jaguars picking in the late, late twenties, early thirties would uh, be ideal. But, uh, I'm going to pull for the Jaguars. Uh, I like the momentum the team's got. I like the roster now that they've got a head coach. And, uh, uh, yes, that was a swipe. And I I think that uh, they've got some magic. I mean, to throw four interceptions in the first half, to have your composure and come back and uh, win a a playoff game says a lot about what uh, Mr. Lawrence has between his ears. Uh, The kid's composed, and uh, I, I think you see a different, mindset. I'm going to be pulling for them. They've got a tall order going into Kansas City and uh, especially if weather is a factor, but uh, hey, we saw Miami go give uh, Buffalo a heck of a game and some cold weather, so uh, they didn't pull it off, but maybe the Jaguars can. I'll be pulling for them.
3: I can't say that 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 could be a fake fan team for me because living here, but same token, I am a Titans fan. So, if if I've got one AFC team that I'm really rooting hard for, it's them. If there's a second one, man, it really comes down to the winner of the Buffalo Bengals game. If the Jaguars get knocked out, I just I don't I don't have anything against Kansas City. I'm just kind of tired of them, and I'd like to see someone new in the Super Bowl. And I wouldn't mind seeing Joe Burrow get get a second chance. But Josh Allen and the Bills with the Jamar Hamlin thing, it seems too on the nose, but I am pulling for them. Um, your NFC team would be who?
1: I'm a good Giants. Oh, I mean, I, historically speaking, the Giants have always come through and I need them to have a big the win Daniel in the Jones. postseason. So um, I'm secretly pulling for the Giants out of the NFC. Now, if I could just have my pick, I would like to see Bill's Cowboys. Um, I think that would be really fun to, uh, go back to some old school nineties matchups, but, uh, or Bill's Niners. I mean, I could really see it both way, but Bill's Cowboys would be fun. And, uh, but yeah, if I'm pulling for an NFC team, just anybody that's, that's left, I've got to go with the giants.
3: I am pulling for the giants, but it was the 49ers for me. Um, Mainly because I don't like Philly, I don't like I don't like much there is to do with Philly, and I don't really want to see them win of all the Philadelphia teams, it's probably the Eagles that I can stomach the most, so I don't hate the Eagles by any stretch of the imagination, but if you think it's been nauseating so far, wait till a j Brown wins wins the Super Bowl this year and they're just gonna drag Tennessee across the board and talk about how they never should. Everybody knows they shouldn't have traded him. The only person that didn't know they shouldn't have traded him was the guy that got fired, their general manager, John Robinson. Everyone else knew.
1: Maybe if Kevin Hart gets a little tipsy again, he can wear a Titans jersey and AJ can just pick him up and run around. It'd be pretty funny. Uh, I mean, that's what he tried to do last time. Maybe it'd work out better.
3: All right, well, let's get into it. Uh, We run out of time here. We got a six-pack. And, uh, obviously it's a little more difficult to do the six pack as the day, as the games wind down by next week, I'll probably just be picking one or two and then give you the three, um, just cause I make picks on the weekend as well. Okay. So looking at the game so far, what's available as we head into the NFL playoffs. Where are you going first?
1: What do you have the over-under in the Jags-Chiefs game? on of sitting Has it sitting
3: two and a half?
1: I'll take the under. Okay. I think that'll be a lower score when weather plays in, but uh, or it could be one-sided.
3: <laughs>
1: Hopefully not for Jaguars.
3: Do you think it's considerably under or... Are you more thinking it's a nail biter and you might end up teasing that
1: no I think it's considerably under I don't I don't think they I think they touch mid when I say considerably under I mean mid40s 44 45 points um I don't really see it panning out as a, a nail biter but uh, I could see Kansas City kind of stretching it out and uh, Jacksonville struggling but it's going to take a phenomenal game and some turnovers by that defense if it's going to be a shootout and hit the over I just don't think it goes back and forth, and I think they end up chasing points, and uh, the Chiefs probably put two, three scores difference on them.
3: It's looking like, well, if this is accurate, um, decent weather, thirty-eight degrees, and I fa- I found this website that gives you the the NFL forecasts. I believe these forecasts are supposed to be the day of. So it's supposed to be 38 degrees and most of the cloudy at a 4.30 uh, kickoff on Saturday. There really isn't bad weather per se projected on this at all. But I'm really new to this site, so I'm really not 100% sure if, if it's that uh, accurate. My first pick will be San Francisco minus three and a half. I think they're going to cover it with the Cowboys. I just do not see the Cowboys being able to score enough points and keep up. And I do believe there's going to be some turnovers. I believe Dak Prescott will throw not one, but two interceptions. And I think the, the, the 49ers ground game is going to be too much. You know, it could be a one score game, but I'm thinking it won't be. I, I I'm thinking Fran might win by 10. What's your next pick
1: over under in that game 48 still, or um, I have it jotted in
3: incorrectly. Sorry. i sorry. I went to the other... uh, Over, under, and Cowboys 49ers is... Here we go. It is 46.
1: Ah, I'll take the over. I was going to take it at 48, and 46 is even better.
3: Dallas San Fran over 46. Yeah, I really like that over, too. I don't see either defense necessarily shutting the other one down. I just think San Francisco can slow down the Cowboys enough. And what was it? That game was a blowout and it was boring. And they still scored what 45 points in the uh, Bucks Cowboys game. And that was a terrible offensive game. Uh, My next one will be give me the Giants plus seven and a half. I think that's too many points. I think, yeah, look. It's, it's a conference game. It is NFC East at its finest. It's going to be in the 40s. It looks like it's going to be actually could actually be down into the high 30s. Not a lot of bad weather, but not a lot of good weather. And I think they're going to feel each other. I also feel like that Philly's going to start slow, and, and that's going to give you a chance if, if you got the touchdown and the hook in your pocket. What's your number three pick?
1: You just took it. So I'm going to adjust and give me, oh, heck, give me Bengals. I'll take the money line. Oh, the money line. Wow. I'll take them straight up.
3: All right. And well, I'll go ahead and hedge that. I'm going to take the Bengals plus the points. I don't know why it keeps growing plus five and a half. So obviously Vegas wants you to take the bills.
1: Offensive line woes are the only thing I'm aware of uh, to date that uh, they're going to be plugging some holes. I think Williams is the uh, tackle that's out, but uh, it's not to say they don't have a roster that can't plug that hole and fill in.
3: in three years, so it's like, what's the difference? Yeah, they may not win it, but I don't see the Bills put. Bills didn't put the the Bills didn't put Skylar Thompson away. They didn't put Skylar Thompson away. I don't. You know, I would just be shocked. I'm not saying the Bills can't win the game, but put them away five and a half. That's that's creeping up there to, you know, almost disrespect land for Cincinnati. I mean, did I miss something? Are they not the defending AFC champions? I believe they are. It's unbelievable. Uh, real quick before you jump off, I did see a comment. I do want to hit up on it. Where is it at? Um, talking about, Second chances in one night. I think we've been on on record many a times that we would love for the Braves to sign Trevor Bauer, but have you changed your stance at all?
1: No, not none whatsoever. I don't care what he does in the bedroom. Um, if he can throw strikes and not walk batters and uh, force contact, I'm good.
3: I just – the way that thing went down and so many conflicting reports – didn't seem like it. It's it is what it was made up to be, and when it, it, the the thing that turned my mind is when I saw it being verified that she tweeted out a photo of her smiling the morning after the the so called incident. Yeah. And that is just like with the Ozuna thing. When Ozuna first happened, I was like, "This is awful," and then you come to find out. Oh wait a minute! It may not be what you think it is, and you're like, "All right, you know what? I wasn't there. Let the uh, authorities get it figured out." Because you always think you got you when you when 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 something first happens, you think you know, and you don't really know. What did you want today, sir?
1: I just finished it. It's an available arm. It's an addition to the uh, roster, and uh, we've spent wasted more money. On less talent. So here's to the Braves making good financial decisions this offseason.
3: where's my walk-off. <laughs> it's really strange to me that he hasn't signed by with, with someone yet. He's been a free agent for a week.
1: When, what do you pick him up at? A minimum contract? A little yes. bit more? Can't be can't that, be much more than that.
3: The only thing you have to pay him is, is $720. That's already been established. Just depends on who, who's re- ready to deal with it. All right, brother, great job. We'll see you next time. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, Joey's jumping on with us, and we're going to talk a little uh, NFL and a little NBA. We'll be back in a flash here on Braves Country HD, wherever you stream and Braves Country on the key, WQEE FM
2: 99.1. Well, don't mind me. I'm just here to install this smoke detector. Smoke <laughs>
3: detector. Is it- Detect any kind of smoke?
2: <laughs> Long live the king. Hey, sports fans, it's Rod Peterson here, host of The Rod Peterson Show, inviting you to join us daily for two hours of Atlanta's Funnest Sports Talk right here on WQEE. I say fun because it is. You've never heard a show like it because we make the listeners a part of the show. Every day between noon and 2 p.m. Eastern, you'll hear plenty of the best sports talk, including the latest on the Falcons, the Braves, and more. And who knows, you might even hear you. That's the Rod Peterson Show, daily at noon, right here on WQEE 99.1
3: FM. ACC football, covered like no other. You're listening to WQEE. 99.1 FM, the key in Noonan, Georgia. Armchair.
0: You're listening to the Armchair Quarterback Sports Radio, number one sports station.
3: Good afternoon. And this is your Armchair Quarterbacks Sports Flash. ESPN.com has announced its early season Major League Baseball Power Rankings. Number one, the defending world champion, Houston Astros. And number two, it's the Atlanta Braves, who won last year's NL East title for the fifth year in a row and the World Series champion just one season removed. Following that up, number three, you got the New York Yankees. Four is the Mets. Five Padres, six Dodgers, seven Toronto. The Phillies are eighth, Rays are ninth, and the Seattle Mariners round out the top ten. Ravens offensive coordinator Greg Roman resigns Amid offense's declining results, of course, most will point to Lamar Jackson's absence in the last several weeks. Washington Commander's assistant running backs coach Jennifer King will coach the position at the Senior Bowl. King will coach the national team running backs, the Senior Bowl announced on Thursday. New York Mets agreed to a two-year, $3.7 million contract. Backup catcher Thomas Nito, while the Braves signed a minor league contract with Kevin Bellar. Mets and Tony Pham agreed to a one-year, $6 million deal. He'll most likely platoon out in left field. And her A-plus pick of the day, Houston Christian, minus three. Rutgers plus three is the B pick today, but the Boston Celtics minus six on pick C. And that's your armchair quarterback sports flash. Stay tuned for Braves Country right here on WQEE 99.1 FM, the key in Noonan, Georgia, simulcasting on youtube.com at Braves Country. Recently on Braves Country, we had Eddie, the jockey, making his college basketball predictions. It's come to our attention that Eddie needs financial help. The Boomer and Geo Show has helped Eddie set up a GoFundMe page. Donate whatever you can. Every little bit helps at GoFund.me forward slash 535-320-CA. That's GoFund.me forward slash 535 320 CA. Please help out Eddie, an honorary armchair quarterback here on Braves Country.
0: time to live, laugh, and create memories again with MSC Cruises. Join us on some of the world's most modern and innovative ships. Discover again at our new private island, Ocean Key MSC Marine Reserve, named best new cruise destination. Cruise the Caribbean and Bahamas from Miami or Port Canaveral. Book now with free balcony upgrades and flexible booking changes. Call your travel advisor or visit msccruises.com. Restrictions apply. MSC Cruises, a world of discovery.
3: Hey, sports fans. The Key has a brand new show. Braves Country is coming your way weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern to 5 p.m. Eastern. Drive time on WQEE. Braves Country is a southern sports talk show with Mac McGee and the armchair quarterbacks. We'll be talking the Atlanta Braves and Major League Baseball, along with everything important to sports fans in Braves Country. The SEC, ACC, Big Ten, and the National Football League. And the big sports news of the day. That's Braves Country with Mac McGee and the armchair quarterbacks. Weekdays 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. right here on WQEE The Key 99.1 FM and simulcasting on youtube.com forward slash at Braves Country.
1: you know what your problem is your face (laughs) yeah right come on wise up man you're too good looking these girls go out with you and they get nervous man they feel dumpy they don't want to compete the best thing that can happen to you is an industrial accident
3: that's good advice for you joey the best thing that can happen to you is an industrial accident you're too good looking, guy. <laughs> <laughs> hey,
4: I'm not too good with my locks, so I'll take my good looks. <laughs> <laughs> How are you, my friend? Doing pretty good. I've been trying to keep up with this Bulls game in Paris, but it's a mess all over ESPN. They in the stadium they got like three different scoreboards going, all the wrong scores. It's I don't know what's going on over there. I just are know the Bulls, what? the Bulls are playing in Paris right now against the Detroit Pistons. And, you know, oh, it, that's
3: why it has such a sw- weird start to it. Okay.
4: Yeah, and in the stadium, they can't get any of the scoreboards right. They're having a bunch of malfunctions. So, well done by the country of Paris uh, for that game. But the Bulls are
3: winning, at least. So, I'm a little bit happy right now. Well, yeah, you, you took one on the chin again um, <laughs> on your on your blocks. But, you know, that's why you live to fight another day. Yeah. Um, by the way, if you if you have to put anything on it, uh Garcia is leading Fernandez in the first set six to five. Ooh. Fernandez is serving, and that is in the uh Australian Open. Have you been catching any of that?
4: I've been following a little bit on the computer. I haven't been able to watch too much.
3: Of course, it just got started this week. I do pay attention to the to the Grand Slams. I don't get locked in. I'll just put it on a secondary device and just kind of keep an eye on it. And it's cool because it comes on early because there's you know obviously the the hour differential. Um, so I I'll get more into it next week when when it gets down to the nitty gritty. But you know, do you have a particular? Tennis player that you follow, or no?
4: Well, I'm trying to find out about uh, my group chat. Was actually talking about the up and comer uh, U.S. players who seem to be doing good. I want to start following them more. I was just more of you know a outside looking in guy. I used to just keep a track on Nadal, Federer, you know just the just the main guys and see where they're at on the leaderboard. But I don't personally have a uh, tennis player I'm locking in yet. But I know there's a couple of young American guys who I want to start getting to know and start following because like you said, this is a sport that's on during the morning, usually because of another location, it's good to have with the coffee, keep it on in the background and just kind of follow it along the week. So I'm definitely going to pick up on one of these young American players soon and start to follow.
3: Going into today, obviously the bulls are gone. So what is your lock of the day? Yeah, my lock of the day, my bulls,
4: like you said, are gone. I wish I was on the show yesterday because I finally won a bet, that, but that's far and few between. And-
3: <laughs> I'm gonna give this a lot. I'll tell you what, you could do worse. Doug gave me a prop bet, and it didn't make any sense. So we had to just kick it. He tried to tell me that it was minus 650 for Christian McCaffrey to go over 150 yards rushing and receiving. Oh, I said what? And he said, and he repeated. I said that doesn't make any sense. We're just moving on. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done trying to get prop bets out of him. Uh, I'll keep. You know, you know, he does good on the stupid underdogs. He does well on the on the very good bets on the normal bets. He's pretty sharp. He just does not catch this prop bets. And I think I caught him off guard, setting that as a topic for the show. And I was like, ah. (laughs) <laughs> I should have known because Saturday was something similar. It wasn't quite that bad, but it was similar to the point where I was like, that can't be the prop. <laughs>
4: well, I'm not I can't promise you lock will my lock will hit, but I have it ready to go and it makes perfect sense. I'm gonna take the Phoenix Suns tonight on their home floor plus three and a half. Uh, you know, we talked about it a couple weeks ago, the Brooklyn Nets, and we in specifically you, Mick, you mentioned this team's gonna start to fall apart at some time. When we don't know. Well it's starting to happen pretty quickly. Now, are the Suns still without their entire backcourt? I was trying to get a look at the injury report right now, actually, as we were talking about, because I was looking into the Warriors. I'm actually bringing up the Suns' injuries at this moment. I just have so little faith in the Brooklyn Nets that I was not really mattering. But yeah, Chris Paul's out for Thursday. Uh, but that's the only guy that they list is out tonight is right now Chris Paul.
3: Chris Paul. Well, the, the only reason why I mention that is that that's a part of one of our locks. I've got, uh, I've got the, for folks that missed the locks earlier, I took the Nets and the Celtics on a six point teaser. And then the A the uh, a plus pick of the day was I'll have to look that up here in one second. Uh, Oh, here it is. It's a uh, Houston Christian minus three Our our uh, a B minus pick today is Rutgers plus three. Ooh. And then, and then the C pick is the, so basically that, that is level of confidence in the, Got you. so, uh, doing pretty well. Went three and one yesterday. And uh, we'll see how it continues to roll.
4: I got to start getting more into the college as the season goes on. I'm finally starting to learn about some of these teams. I've been sticking to NBA right now, but uh, maybe it'll be good for me to change it to college soon enough here.
3: <laughs> man, the, man, the best advice I can tell you is, is that we're going to start putting these these uh, picks up and the A-plus is the one you definitely want to to follow. The B means we feel pretty good about it. The C is more of – it's it, It's normally a game of, you know, yes, we feel good about the pick, but it's usually a game that's a prime time game. So gotcha. it gives you something to – so a lot of times the C is a teaser. Understood. You know, Celtics are a six-and-a-half-point favorite, and we'll get into that in a second. But there's a reason why they are. The Warriors are expected to be missing a, uh, a few of their key starters, and it does look like Jalen Brown will play tonight. He was full participant in practice last uh yesterday for the first time in a long time. And I think I think he's been gearing to play. They want to beat Golden State. Oh,
4: absolutely. absolutely. And I mean, Boston has just hit on all cylinders for the most part this year. And they're pretty healthy outside of Brown, who's been out some games here and there. But I really like the you know the addition uh of Brogdon on their bench and the what they're able to do. This team is To me, if they can stay healthy, which obviously is the big if in basketball, they're going to find themselves in the NBA finals again, more than likely.
3: All right, let's go ahead and get into it. Um, Conference championship that you want as a fan. So... Not saying that this is your locks, this is what you're going to pick, none of that stuff. But as a fan, if you could wave a magic wand and you got to get, you got to see these two games next Sunday, these two matchups, this is the game you want to see. Doesn't mean that if you pick, let's say if you picked a team like the Giants, right? And you said, I want to see them in the, it doesn't mean that you're going to get to pick them to get to go to the Super Bowl. You just want to see these two matchups. If I had a and I'll start in the NFC,
4: I would actually really like to see uh Dallas go to Philadelphia and for a couple of reasons. Uh obviously it's a divisional uh rivalry, so that goes way back, but it would be about hey, could Dak reach, you know, could he reach the Super Bowl? Could it could the Dallas Cowboys get over all the troubles they have under the helm of Jerry Jones? And can Mike McCarthy break through with this team? Uh, And then the other side, you have Philadelphia, who all year was very strong. But at the end of the day, it seems as if people still fully don't trust Hurts all the time. So I'd be looking at these two quarterbacks. I'd be looking at the franchises and a Dallas team who everyone keeps a big spotlight on. That's the matchup I'd for sure want to see in the NFC is Dallas at Philadelphia. Um, Looking at the AFC side of things, man, you really can't go wrong when you have Cincinnati and Buffalo fighting it off on one side of the matchup. but I got to go with Buffalo and Kansas City after that playoff game a season ago where they kept going back and forth and back and forth. And, you know, the Chiefs the Chiefs happened to get the ball back and win. I would like to see that renewed on a neutral site where I think – Kansas City is a tough place to play. On a neutral site, indoors, I would love to see Josh Allen sling the ball around the home sling it around in not bad environments where it's going to be a clean uh, game on the inside Atlanta. So I'm looking forward to in the NFC. I would like to see Dallas and Philly on the AFC. Give me Buffalo and Kansas City.
3: Wow. We don't see eye to eye <laughs> <laughs> at all. That's fine. <laughs> the only reason I would like to see Kansas City, Buffalo, it would be cool for Atlanta, right? But the teams themselves. Man, I really want to see Jacksonville go up against the Bengals. Oh. And it would be fun for a number of reasons. A, it's a homer pick, obviously. But B, one of the friends of the show is a big Bengals fan. Something tells me we'd all get together for that one. And uh, I think they got a better chance of beating the Bengals than they do winning in Buffalo. You know, if they pull off this miracle of winning in Kansas City, not much of a chance to go back to back. Like it feels like one of those things where like that was cute, now it's about to get roasted, right? So that's what I'm pulling for is Jacksonville to somehow be heading to since In the NFC, I want the 49ers in. Because I hate the Cowboys. <laughs> and I would like to see the 49ers go head to head. With the, uh, with the Eagles, because that's the matchup I've been looking forward to all year long. If I can't get that, I would honestly like to see good NFC. Smash Mouth, Cowboys, Giants, let's go, right? It's funny that three of the four teams are all from the NFC East that are left. So there's a very good chance that we do get an, an NFC East conference championship. So, did you freeze? No, I'm right here. I'm just taking everything. I swear you quit talking, you kind of dazed off. I was about to, okay, I have to give you a urine sample. Um, (laughs) I just went, you just missed it. (laughs) Um, what is your least? You're like, man, I I hope it's not that game. I, I.
4: I actually told my brother this this morning. I do not want to see uh, the Giants in San Francisco. And my main reason for that is I think we'll just get a pretty terrible game overall. I think San Fran, if they can win this weekend on their home field, which I think is pretty likely, uh, getting another home game, that defense is not going to let the Giants do too much offensively. And I just would think it's going to be a really ugly game. So I, even though I like the Giants as a team, I've always liked them because Peyton and Eli brothers As a Colts fan. I always rooted for Eli, but I just don't want to see the giants and 49ers play because I think it will be the worst outcome.
3: You know, what's funny about that is it, if it's giants, 49ers, it's going to be very reminiscent of trying to think of the year 1990. When the giants went to the super bowl, they beat San Francisco out there and no one really gave them a chance and i think the giants if they can get that far i honestly think they could they could make a a decent game out of it but it's not the one you want to see right it's, it's going to be very i want to say the end of that game the final of that game was 15 to 12 oh. and it was five field goals made by the giants that took them to the super bowl wow and it, then they were heavy underdogs against the Buffalo Bills, so we could get that rematch, and it would once again be heavy. So the way Daniel Jones is perceived as not being a very good quarterback, he's almost, I've been saying this for years, he is almost a mirror image of Jess Hostetler that won the Super Bowl for the Giants. Now, he was, in, he was the backup quarterback that came in for an injured Phil Sims that year, but he, but Jeff Hostetler was a nobody. He was an athletic quarterback, came off the bench. They, they did a lot of run plays with him. This team is very 1990 New York giants. Like the only difference is Daniel Jones was the starter from the very beginning. Yeah. And the point
4: I do want to make on Daniel Jones, cause my Colts played them in week 17, uh, Man, you you hear about his speed, but it is sneaky fast. And he will end up getting 40, 50, 60, 70 yards on the ground very quietly when you know he could run. But he'll take off and get 15 to 20 and just, boom, he'll go right out of bounds. So you can't only watch for his conservative throws. He's going to light it up with his feet at points, too. So I do agree with you on that No, I just think maybe the Giants-Philly game this weekend – I think it's kind of not a mini Super Bowl for the Giants, but going on the road to Philly playing them a third time, I I just think this they're going to pour it all into this game.
3: Araldo's Chapman signing with the Royals. Thank you for that Mav. Um That's funny cuz he was actually rumored to be signing with the with the Marlins. Now you know the you know what the Royals did with this. Royals are signing him hoping that he that he regains his form and they can trade him at the at the deadline. One year three point seven five million. Oh, how the mighty have fallen. <laughs> it, it's probably, wild, right? He'll man, he'll probably honest engine, he'll probably go out to Kansas City and and be fine because he's not gonna have the limelight on him anymore. And he'll 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 have every opportunity in the world to be the closer. Yeah, and like he's you said, but he's got he definitely has every
4: opportunity. You're totally right on. They're trying to get that rebound because ever since 2019 until now, his earned run average has got consistently worse by a wide margin. In 2019, it was just 2.21. Now we're all the way up to 4.46. They're just hoping for a spark plug and, like you said, probably move him for a nice young piece that they could de- possibly develop.
3: Yeah, that's an interesting move. I don't know if i I was a little concerned it was going to be uh, end up being him going to the Marlins and the Mar. My biggest concern was not whether or not the Braves would have to face him or whatnot, but that he could get lightning in a bottle and they could get a good trade package together. Because the, Mar, really? the Marlins are a weird team; they are sneaky on the fact of they've got a lot of really good pitching and a lot of questionable offense going into the season. So with that being said, at any at any point if the Marlins can can get some offense, that team could be kind of a thorn in everybody's side. They may not, may not even make the playoffs, but they could make enough of a run where they don't go away.
4: And what's scary is if the Marlins are very very competitive, Oh, my goodness. Could this be the best division of all time if the other teams play up to the standard? Because literally, I know people could talk about uh, other divisions for many past years, but I've never seen a talented division like the Phillies, Mets and Braves. And then if you're going to throw the Marlins at being pretty competitive, oh, my goodness, that's going to be a very fun watch this MLB season.
3: I don't, I'm not saying that they're going to be up there with the, with the Phillies and the, and the Mets, but I'm, and the Braves. But what I am saying is they've got a, they've got an interesting roster. If they, from the pitching standpoint, they've got the guns. Their biggest problem has been they just, they can't consistently score runs. And they just lost Brian Anderson via free agency. That's not helping them. Did you see Jorge Afaro, who just signed with the, uh, with the Red Sox, he won the Dominican Series uh, League Championship MVP. Oh, wow. I did not see that. And, he, and, of course, he's the next ball. He's going to the Red Sox this year. I've always thought that he was a really good, solid catcher. It'll be interesting to see what, what the Red Sox do with it. The Red Sox are making a lot of little sneaky moves that they could have a puncher's chance to actually be competitive. Timus and I talk a lot of AL baseball on uh, on uh, Mondays. We were talking about them earlier this week but this is before the duvall signing although by the way i called it i said (laughs) who who could they sign i said dude you're talking about moving Kike hernandez down to shortstop and you're looking for an outfielder adam duvall plays all outfield positions yep i i hated losing him as a braves fan but i do believe that uh he he made the right decision for himself. He's going to make more money there with incentives. He can make up to, I believe it was, uh, three million on top of his seven on, seven on top of his seven base, according to Finesan. Um and Braves weren't going to pay anywhere near that. The last time they signed him before, before he got injured. They signed him to like, what was it, a one year, $4 million deal? I was going to say 3 $4, 5000000 somewhere yeah, in that range. It was really, really low. So we got to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to hit up some more of these. Uh, we're going to talk about the MLB rule changes and also the over unders for this coming weekend, which ones we like. And there's some stuff going on in the world of sports. Some news that we just came across. Got to get that on the other side. We'll be back in a flash here on Braves Country HD, wherever you may stream. And Braves Country here on 99.1 FM, The Key. Let's go out there. Let's
1: cut the regular season back to 10 games. And you can have some well-placed off-weeks. You can have an NIT in between to fill in the blanks. And uh, let's have a 60-14 playoff. The champion will play 16 games. Uh, and, see, and see this guy? I'm
2: not
3: off the mark here. You're off the mark. Everybody <laughs> else does it this way. The Dixie Handle Company, five generations of the Strickland family, have produced quality hardwood farm and garden tools, wooden shutters, and custom furniture. This small business has been owned and operated since 1992 and ships to customers across the world. If you're looking for the highest quality tool handles, Dixie Handle Company is your place. Every item is hand-picked to your specifications. If it's made of wood, they do it. Call now, 931-722-3395. That's 931-722-3395. or go online to DixieHandle.com. The Dixie Handle Company, welcome to Craftsmanship, a proud sponsor of Braves Country Baseball. Recently on Braves Country, we had Eddie, the jockey, making his college basketball predictions. Come to our attention that Eddie needs financial help. The Boomer and Geo Show has helped Eddie set up a GoFundMe page. Donate whatever you can. Every little bit helps at GoFund.me forward slash 535-320-CA. That's GoFund.me forward slash 535-320-CA. Please help out Eddie, an honorary armchair quarterback here on Braves Country. NFL playoffs are back that means the armchair quarterbacks kickoff show is back join Mac McGee and the armchair quarterbacks wild card weekend and divisional round weekend Saturday 3 p.m. Eastern to kickoff at 430 Eastern the armchair quarterbacks will be talking the spreads prop bets over unders stupid underdogs and the locks that's the armchair quarterbacks kickoff show streaming right here on Braves Country HD and our radio affiliates Welcome back here on Braves Country HD as we are getting set for another big night in sports. Let's go ahead and get the Celtics Warriors out of the way because I, I don't want to forget it. By the way, I didn't realize this game was on the, the, uh, the, the Bulls-Pistons uh, game. Bulls lead at 72-60. to 60. Um, What in the world are they doing with the time? Oh, they're—they don't
4: have any the scoreboards are getting all messed up. There, they have like three going on, and they're all different. So, Bulls announcer Stacy King's like, "I feel drunk doing this game." He can't get any statistics correct from inside the stadium. They literally are trying to Is use the
2: same
3: counting. That's what I want to know. <laughs> so, if you look at the screen, t- it says first. <laughs> With nine forty eight left, but I felt like it was
4: counting upward. It, it's it, I've been trying to follow. It's making no
3: sense. If you I swear, use- I swear. No, I, I'm gonna have to wait for a second. Is it the free throw stripe? But I swear, I felt like it was counting upward, like a soccer match. <laughs> I was like, I know it's not in the first quarter. Two minutes into the game, and they've already put up one hundred thirty four points. Okay, so now it's going down. Before I'm telling you it was going up. Um, it's, it's wild. The real, I think this is the real deal, is that it six sixty two, with 8.43 left in the third quarter. I don't know what in the world they're putting on the screen over there. It's not even like it's the first half. Like None of it makes sense it's more confusing than my locks. Did they put, oh, this is what I want to know. Did they put, so this game's taking, a, taking place in uh, Paris. Yep. Did they put a local in charge and say, Hey, you can run the scoreboard. Go for it. <laughs> Free <laughs> of you, charge. You get a front row. Like me putting me and you in charge of calling a cricket game. <laughs> yeah. like, I don't know. He's hit the ball. That's all. Would you
0: run? Oh, man. Why do you run in that
3: direction? <laughs> What's a score? I don't know. It's not an insurmountable lead. I don't know.
4: <laughs> it, hopefully this game tonight in America between the Warriors and the Celtics goes a lot more smoothly, which it will.
3: <laughs> not to mention the fact that these cricket games evidently at last for days. So can you imagine doing that?
1: Oh, boy.
3: Ugh. It's
4: like golf, but 20 times worse.
3: They definitely don't tailgate for these, do they? <laughs> <laughs> With oh. coffee. <laughs> yeah. Tailgating at a cricket game is like the first, you know, several hours of the cricket match. I, I guess it's a match. Uh my word. I'm just like, I'm so confused by this. And it's counting it. It's not like there's something haywire going on with with their electronics, right? No, they're just making it's, mistakes. It's just there's eight minutes and six seconds left in the first, is what it says. And the Bulls have a, have scored 78 points. Hey, that's the best game of the year, baby. Go, Baby, you better bang me over on that one. I know that (laughs) much. Good night, Irene. Good night. Oh, man. I'll tell you what's crazy is it it looks like the place is packed. I think there was. No, the French don't know anything about basketball because it's packed for a Bulls-Pistons matchup. It's not taking place in the late 1980s.
4: Right. I mean, they did they feel like Bill Lambeer and MJ were coming back on the floor for the 2022 matchup? At least the Bulls have good branding pretty much across uh, the countries. But Detroit, I, I felt that was very questionable. They said the stadium holds up to $65,000. i would be interested to know if it's sold out uh, when I get a chance to look.
3: If you're just uh, joining us and missing uh, the update, uh, Aroldis Chapman has been signed by the Royals. Is, is that – well, he's already had a stint with the Cubs. So that's probably a bad question for you. I was going to say, is that a guy that you would have liked to have taken a chance on, but it's kind of hard to go home again. The only reason I would take a flyer
4: on him is because our bullpen – um is the weak link to me is our pitching set. I think we got enough hitters as free agency, Uh, but, and the starting side of things we had a tie on. That was it Um, not. And and that's a pretty good move, but not a great, great move. And then the bullpen, you're going to be relying a lot of people that are unknown from the outside looking in. So not maybe specifically Chapman, but I would love to add a bullpen arm.
3: And we've got the breaking news. Let me go ahead and share it in the chat. This is uh, comes from a pretty good authority on the situation. Breaking news head basketball coach of Notre Dame. Oh, my gosh. Mike Bray is expected to retire what? at the end of the season. My argument to you would be that he's already retired, he just hasn't told anybody. <laughs> I mean, he is 63. He here you. We're terrible, we're terrible. Yeah. I didn't
4: even. I saw the score of that after the game, and I was just like, "Wow, that was an embarrassing." I should, have
3: known, I should have known not to take them on a on a. I took Notre Dame. I took them on a on on a teaser to tease it down to where all they had to do was win. I should have known better. I just figured Florida State's awful. They played terrible the last two games. There's no way they're going on the road and beating anybody. You guys came to our house and won by thirteen. <laughs> What's funny about Mike Bray, though, See, I want to see if I can get that, see if I can share the picture, because I've often thought this, and this is a, this is a typical picture of him. Um, let me see if I can actually get this thing going here. Do uh, you ever notice something about Mike Bray? It's a little questionable. Yeah, I got it. Here we go. His hair? No, 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 no. <laughs> I've always thought this every time I see Mike Bray, especially because he's coaching for the Fighting Irish. Um, take a look at this guy. Does he not look like he's got quite the drinking problem? Um, He might be hanging out with Jim Irsay. I mean, he always looks like that. That's not a five o'clock. That's a nine o'clock shadow this guy has, man. Well, can you
4: blame him after the way his team's been playing?
3: (laughs) And I remember he had a big win in the tournament. I think it was last year. Maybe it was the year before. I remember him making a comment because it took place on St. Paddy's day about how he was going to go get liquored up. But he's always won. So you never worry about it, right? Right. But I'm starting to think that coaching basketball is interfering with his uh, (laughs) with his uh, Extracurricular activities. It's four o'clock somewhere.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, mercy. Anyways, breaking news Mike talking Do you follow the basketball team much? Not nearly as much.
4: I, I mean, I follow them from afar. I'll watch a few games throughout the regular season, but I don't really beef up on them until they're good and it's February. I'm football. I know the roster inside and out. Basketball. I, I I root for him, but I'm not tiding. You're in
3: more course. likely, you're much more likely to watch a regular season Bulls than uh, Notre Dame? Absolutely, yes. There's something wrong with you. There, uh,
4: uh, that's not the first time or the last time I'll hear that statement.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I just found that interesting because I never even heard that he was even being rumored to walk away, and all of a sudden they're saying he's he done. I don't know if it's because he feels like he's going to get fired, and he's just like, I've made enough money. I don't want to deal with this or if he's just really – or is this why they've been so bad because he doesn't have the, the oomph in him anymore to want to coach? I do feel like
4: the recruiting has been a little soft over the past five um, years. I, as a kid in my teenage years, I feel like they were at least – have known players and people could talk about. These days, I just feel like the recruiting simply not there.
3: Oregon State linebacker Omar Spites has uh, committed to LSU. So the LSU Tigers get themselves a, another big time linebacker. Um, the, the rule changes in Major League Baseball. Justin and I kind of talked about this, battered back and forth. He believes the biggest, the rule that's going to have the biggest impact is the, the bases being smaller. And for the record, I think they're all going to have impacts. I believe the biggest is going to be the pitch clock, especially early on. I think there's going to be a big adjustment. I think there's going to be some pitchers, especially the older ones, the old school guys, that are not going to like it. And they're going to they're going to complain about it in the press. They're going to throw temper tantrums on the mound. Where do you sit? Is it one of those? Or do you think the shift is going to be the biggest deal?
4: Yeah, well, first off, the base one. I as I was reading up today on all the changes, the one the one I didn't know was the base one. So that is in a separate category on its own for me. I, as I was reading that, I was like, "Wow, that's interesting." Um, I am going to go with the shift is the biggest one, and here's a couple of reasons why. Uh, you know, obviously for these lefties and most pull hitters, I want to see these statistics are just going to change so much. I want batting average will seem to you know, in my eyes, obviously, and most probably raise, I want to, you know, you can't limit everybody defensively now with rules. So I think that these batting average, you know, not really the power numbers that has really nothing to do with it, but in terms of batting average and on base percentage, I'm really intrigued to see how things change now that um, you can't just load up three players on the right side against Kyle Shorber every time or, you know, however it goes, I just named one hitter. I could have named anybody, but I do think at the end of the day, Uh, the shift rule will affect the league the most.
3: Yeah, I think the shift, um, the shift might have the big, here's the biggest thing that I want to know about the shift because I've not seen it worded like this at all. And are there any, are they even planning on doing anything about this? So you've got to have the two guys on the right side, two guys on the left side of the, of second base, right? Mm-hmm. And the feet have to be in the infield, meaning both feet have to be touching either the dirt or they could be in, in on the infield, like, you know, expecting a bunch, right? Oh. But the one thing that I have not seen addressed that I thought they would mention, but it has not been mentioning the rules that I've seen, is what about that? What about the outfield? So, so let's say you've got a lefty coming up. Let's say it's uh, Matt Olson of the Braves, and needs right. a pull hitter. And they're going to take the shortstop, and they're going to put him as far over to second base they can get without him crossing the line, right? And they're going to take the, the second baseman and maybe do the same. And maybe put him almost into um, almost like a traditional second base, but sliding a little further towards the base. So you've got up the middle, essentially clogged. What is stopping you from taking your left fielder and putting them down where, where I always called it Austin Riley lane. Cause I swear he, he, he played 90% of the pitches right there in that shallow right field. As far as I know, there's nothing stopping you.
4: Didn't even think about that really. And
3: so, and So if you have an athletic, outfielder like the Braves do, like a lot of teams do an athletic center fielder is what I meant. You could have him play essentially left center. If you got an athletic right fielder, you could have him play basically right center and just take your, take your chances. Or you could play traditional and say, Hey, if he burns us, he burns us down the line, but he's going to him over his head. I mean, I don't know. I don't think they've addressed that and I feel like that's going to be a thing.
4: And in addition to your point, because I br- think you bring up a very good one, they're going to th- every team's going to find a way to find a crack in the system, right? They're going to be going through this all that's season.
3: What baseball's been made up of for <laughs> century and a half now. Let's find a way to cheat. <laughs> <laughs> Pots and pans. <laughs> One of the best rules that ever there was ever bent or broken, however you want to look at it, in Major League Baseball history. Guy by the name of uh of a Mike King Kelly. And Mike King Kelly played in the late 1890s for for Boston. And King Kelly, I, I want to say his career actually started in the eighteen eighties. So it was right in that time period, eighteen eighties, eighteen nineties. He is the reason why you, when you make a uh a substitution in baseball, the guy's gone for the game. Because what he would do, all you had to do before they changed the rule was say, let's say my jersey's number one and you're number two, right? Mm -hmm. And you're playing right field. And I'm down the line. I'm a pitcher in the bullpen, or maybe I'm just down the line for whatever reason, but I'm not playing. All I have to say when the ball hits high, and I know you can't catch it, but I'm over in that area because either our bench is there or warming up the ball, all I would have had to say back then was one in for two, make the catch, throw it back, and then immediately they would turn back and say two in for one. Mike King Kelly did this all the time. I
4: can't wait to see what this stirs up.
3: So they (laughs) came up with the rule. Once you're out, you're out and you can't do it in the middle of a play. And for years, it was known as the King Kelly rule. Something else that he used to do because back then they only had two. So now we've got six umpires during the the playoffs. We have four during the regular season for years and years and years. There was three back then. There was two. There was the home plate umpire. And then you usually had someone in around the second base area. And he would just make the point. Well, on certain plays, when the ball was hit and the, and the umpire would look over towards the right field line and King Kelly standing on first, if he knew that umpire wasn't looking, he would cut and go from first to third without ever touching second. Oh my. He was infamous for this. He's he's one of the reasons why they expanded to have as many umpires cuz because they would come out and go, "What are you? Not you can't let him do that." and of course there's had replay back in the 1880s, 1890s Mike King Kelly. Oh man, had to have eight eight umpires for him. He also famously once argued with with his owner and his manager because they said that that uh because they had a curfew and they said, "Hey, You were seen out at such and such bar uh, late last night at 3 3 a.m. drinking lemonade. Do you have anything to say about that? And he said, yes, that's a damnable lie. I've never drank lemonade at 3 a.m. in my life. I know it couldn't have been lemonade. (laughs) (laughs) Uh. The characters that, that were Major League Baseball back then. Uh, Mike King Kelly him, him and a couple others are my all-time favorite We got to take a quick break When we come back We're going to try to get focused on sports today And I'll quit trying going down memory lane for y'all I'll be back We'll be back in a flash here on Braves Country HD And 99.1 FM The Key Noon in Georgia Back in just a flash <laughs> Braves Country with Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks. Weekdays, 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. Eastern, 99.1 FM, The Key. Your first choice for Southern Sports Talk. Dixie Handle Company, five generations of the Strickland family, have produced quality hardwood farm and garden tools, wooden shutters, and custom furniture. This small business has been owned and operated since 1992 and ships to customers across the world. If you're looking for the highest quality tool handles, Dixie Handle Company is your place. Every item is handpicked to your specifications. If it's made of wood, they do it. Call now 931-722-3395. That's 931-722-3395. Or go online to DixieHandle.com. The Dixie Handle Company. Welcome to Craftsmanship, a proud sponsor of Braves Country Baseball.
2: It all starts with just one thing. When recycling, rinse out jars and cans and avoid recycling wax paper or paper soiled with food. This will reduce recycling contamination. Find tips and more at OneThingUS.com. What's your one thing?
0: Whenever I bring home Entenmann's Little Bites Muffins... Little Bites? That's right, sweetie. Can you just give Mommy a minute? I love Little Bites! I know you do, but we're doing a commercial right now, okay? Got it. As I was saying, whenever I bring home you-know-what, you-know-who gets pretty excited. And so do I. Little Bites Muffins are made with real ingredients, no high-fructose corn syrup, and are baked moist and delicious. I love Little Bites. There you go. Yes.
2: Entenmann's Little Bites Muffin, the perfect portion of happiness.
0: You're not sick
4: tonight, are you? Good. Your tongue's going to be hanging out. Tell him to throw up on his own time.
3: You're listening to WQEE. 99.1 99.1 FM, home of Braves Country, weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern to 5 p.m. Eastern, and YouTube.com, at Braves Country. Why any fool could see he made that first down when he dived? If Howard Cosell came in now, he'd
2: never get out alive.
3: Because he's the armchair
2: quarterback. He's full of
3: beer and he's full of snacks. the All-American man. Welcome back. Armchair quarterback radio carrying... Braves Country HD wherever you stream, and ninety nine point one FM the Key we will make sure you you get your day going seven to ten a.m. Ryan O Radio Penitentiary. Weekday seven to ten a.m. Rod Peterson Show goes noon to two and Sports Beat two to three and then we are back at it three to five tomorrow. It'll be Tones and uh, Bobby and then remember we are having a special. Uh, Show Saturday for uh, three to four thirty here on Big Braves Country HD, and uh, we'll be doing a, a another NFL playoff kickoff show. Be doing a lot of spreads, the the prop bets, you name it. And um, AFC Championship weekend, NFC Championship weekend. Uh, We are going to be, I'm sorry, a- AFC NFC Championship weekend, and then the Super Bowl weekend. 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. on Braves Country HD. Uh, on On Sunday, we'll be doing Sunday 1 to 3, getting you ready for the for those uh, kickoffs. So, a lot of busy, busy, busy radio going on here the next few weeks. But we we do enjoy it, and then and then you hit a lull. And this year is going to be a little different because I am interested to see what this XFL is going to look like. Aren't Aren't you, Joey? Oh, yeah, definitely. I know a lot of people squawk
4: at it sometimes because the failures had in the past. Listen, this is going to be a fresh start. It's under new leadership, obviously, with uh, Dwayne Johnson getting involved. I love him from my background history of wrestling. I'm just intrigued because I know they put good people in place to try to make this succeed. So I'm all here for it.
3: And, of course, he went to my alma mater, McGavick High School. So, Oh, I didn't know that even better. Yeah, evidently we went to high school together, like at the same time. I did not know that. Oh wow, I didn't know. Until like years ago, I was like, "What?" And the guy that I there's a
4: TV to. show called Young Rock where they go through his life from the beginning until now. Maybe you're in it.
3: <laughs> no, no, no. I look, I'm pretty sure he was one of the kids that was in this one class that we had. It was it was like all the football players were in it, right? And it was a commercial foods class. But I don't really recall, you know. I, I really don't recall. I mean, I was just like, and then I saw a video of him a few years ago when he was at Miami at one of the famous plays in Miami, Florida State history where he's on the sidelines, ticked off in, in his uh, helmet off uh, with because he's because uh, FSU just took a pick six that just put the game out of reach. I was like, that's him. Did you realized that was him that's awesome uh, i mean it, it kind of tells you about his football career like you you didn't really it wasn't okay. that good a lot of these wrestlers were not that worked good out for him, okay
4: oh yeah i mean other people like brock lesnar many have tried it none end up being that successful but i know we're not here for that so what do we got i know brian what do you you know what brian don't don't be jealous because i said brian Patton, you saying that you that you're jelly are you jelly I mean, I'm just said, don't nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo
3: bills. I mean, I guess I'm jealous of Buffalo then Brian. (laughs) This is a good question. Mahomes, Allen or Burrow. You could pick one to start your, your, uh, franchise with, I mean, I'll, I'll let you answer first. Oh boy. Oh boy. Um, even the salary shouldn't come into mind. No, even though he's you know the salary, I'm throwing Mahomes out the window immediately. I'm like,
4: right. Even though he's the oldest, I th- I'm between Mahomes and Burrow. Just because I think Allen's going to get hit so much, it's going to eventually come around to bite him. I think Mahomes. I'm going to go with. And here's why. Even though he might be slightly the oldest, I think he's done a really good job of learning his career of when he can run when he cannot run, and that his arm is beyond electric. Joe Burrow also, don't forget, had that ACL injury a couple years ago. So I think at the end of the day, I'm choosing Mahomes because the success has been there. He's won a ring, and to me, for the next five to six years, he's smart enough he won't get hurt like a Lamar Jackson or others.
3: There's something about Burrow that I like. Same here. Maybe (laughs) maybe it's because – like if I could have burrow on the Titans, I would definitely be smoking me a cigar after every, every playoff victory. <laughs> you know, right? So there's something about him that I like. Um, he's just the guy, man. If the, you can get an offensive lineman around him, like I really feel like that the sky is the limit. And the one, the one thing that concerns me with Mahomes is he does some goofy stuff sometimes and he gets away with it sometimes. And sometimes it's, it's miraculous and you love it, but there's other times where you're like, he almost lost them the game there. It'll be like a random shovel pass. It'll be an underhanded pass. It'll be the way I, I mentioned this before, the way him and Alan swing the ball around when, when they're scrambling, that's going to cost you a game. Now, look, Mahomes already won a championship, so he can't argue a lot about it. But they do have a penchant for turning over the ball. The scramble ability makes you want to go Mahomes or Allen. But there's just something really likable about Burrow. I just – I'm going to say well, Burrow. And Brian says
4: Burrow is 3-0 and against him. Brian, that's fine, but that's also the past. And we'll see what happens this playoff. I like the Bengals. But I don't love him this postseason.
3: Well, plus I will. I to defend Mahomes on that. Um, this isn't the NBA. It's it's not one on one, right? So it's the Bengals are three and zero against the Chiefs. Thank you. I get. I get. This that, isn't the NBA. I get that the that the NFL quarterback is king. But a lot of that has to do with the fact that the the Bengals defense has done a very good job of bottling up Patrick Mahomes. I still go back to that AFC championship game. They had a huge lead at the end of the first half, and they tried to score a touchdown, and instead they came up empty, and it left the door open. I don't know why we see this but we see this in all walks of football now. I still think to this day cuz it never works out to this day, especially in the playoffs. Get the points early figure it out at the end. I fully 100% agree. 14 to nothing. You're down 14 to nothing and it's 4th and 3 from the 5. Kick the field goal and get on the board. Just kick it and get on the board. Obviously, not if there's five minutes left, but you see it all the time. They just, it's like they lose their mind. They, get, they try to outsmart themselves, they right? Go, yeah. They go all horrible huntly about it and say, My quarterback, who's about four feet tall, can go ahead and leap over and stretch the ball when we're about seven or eight feet away. Or it's going to get punched out and go out and go 98 yards the opposite way and it lost you the game. And that lost them the game. The Ravens probably win that game if they don't do something that stupid. We are, I mean, that's that's the difference. What is your walk off? Could I say my teaser is my walk off?
4: Yeah, yeah, sorry. No, no, we got we had such many good conversations in sports that it got away from me as well. I have a four leg teaser right here that's plus 120 that I feel pretty good about it would be the Chiefs money line the Eagles money line the 49ers plus seven and a half and the Cincinnati Buffalo over at 38 and a half it's a four-leg parlay that's plus 120 is that a teaser or is that a parlay uh it's a t it's a I'm sorry give me it's a teaser I shouldn't have said it that way it's it's a four-leg teaser
3: so is it a six-point teaser Yes. Okay. Yeah. So I. I a wild one that I'll share tomorrow because I don't have it. I don't have it all in front of me, but I'll share it tomorrow. Um, it's one of those goofy ones, but I like my odds. I'll just put it that way. I almost had two of them hit this weekend. The stupid Buccaneers had a pulse. Had a pulse. They both would have hit. But now. Tom Brady's 108 years old, and I had to rely on him.
4: Oxygen mask city.
3: <laughs> My walk-off for of the day. Make sure to, uh, to keep it locked in here. Sports Map Radio is next with First Name on Sports, and we will be back tomorrow with Football Friday. TGIF. Woo! Ready for the weekend. Cannot wait. This is such a fun NFL weekend. Cannot Best win. weekend. Great job again, Joey. Uh... We will see you. Are are you with us on 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 a Saturday? I am indeed with y'all That's on Saturday. All right, brother. We'll see you see you there Saturday at three o'clock as well. Can't for All the guys it. and gals behind Armchair Quarterback Radio. I'm Mac McGee for Braves Country. Keep it locked in right here.
0: Goodbye, sweetheart. it's
3: time to go. We're back
2: tomorrow with another show. Well, the before talk
3: to you then Goodbye, sweetheart Goodbye Goodbye Guys and gals, it's time to go. We'll see you on the next show. Same back time Same that channel Thanks for listening to Braves Country with Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks on 99.1 FM WQEE, The Key in Noonan, Georgia, and simulcasting on youtube.com forward slash at Braves Country. Braves Country comes your way weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern to 5 p.m. Eastern. Please follow, like, and subscribe today. Armchair Quarterback Radio, your first choice for Southern Sports.
2: Something of the 5th of September Something of the 5th of September She said a lot that I can't remember Something of the 5th Can I get another cigarette, please? Can I get another cigarette, please? Yeah, I know I live through a credit Just give me another cigarette
3: You're listening to WQEE 99.1 FM, The Key in Noonan, Georgia.